What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the YCB Show with your host, YCB. I know I took a little hiatus in between episodes, but I'm excited to be back producing content. In this episode, we have Miso Tsune, the co-founder of SolarBots on, to discuss the inspiration and development behind SolarBots. So let's get into the show. And we are live. Mitsutsuni, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Hey, pleasure to be here. So just I guess I guess to get things started, just so people have an understanding of your background, you know, what you guys have going on at SolarBots, do you want to just quick do an intro, um, talk to your experience and, and how that got started? How we got started on SolarBots or what's what what SolarBots is really? Uh, that's a great distinction. Those are two different questions. Why don't we touch on your current role? And just a short synopsis of what SolarBots is, and then we'll go Perfect. into how you how you started it and what your inspiration was there. Sure. So um, I'm Misitsuna. I'm the my my real name is Lucas. I'm the I'm one of the co- one of the two co-founders of SolarBots, and I'm currently leading the uh, the development process. So my job is to to oversee development, to uh, plan. Uh, plan several stages of of the development process. Um, you know, make sure that the the communication within the team is is going right, um, and to to know where we're at with certain with certain tasks and and if and how we can deliver um, the 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 developments for the schedule. Great. Then, do you want to go into details about about SolarBots? Um... And kind of, I guess, your experience prior to NFTs and how that translated into your inspiration for SolarBot itself. So I think that's a good place to start. Get mm-hmm. your, um, you know, a little bit of a background before you found the space and your reaction to finding the space. So I was, I've I've been I've been working as a as a senior engineer, and I've been I've been an engineer for the past I think it's like eight years now. Time flies, and um, and oh. You know, I've always been an avid gamer um, in my in my spare time, right? So when whenever everyone else was was going out partying, I did that to to some degree. But most of the time, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I I could be raiding right now. I could be I could be getting getting some some nice loot right now, right? So so I was I was that kind of person. And um, getting into crypto is for me was more about the technology itself right because i've i've always been really interested in in cryptography um but i really suck at math right so so i was i was always i was always infatuated by by the people who who honestly you know managed to to have these these thought processes that lead them to to build these 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 cryptographic networks and i've always found it incredibly interesting and and fascinating like just the the incredible opportunities the opportunities that we have with cryptocurrencies, and then when 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 Ethereum evolved to um, to allow for you know invent and allow for smart contracts, that was when it really started to hit home. Just you know, there's so much possibility here. We can create our own economy on top of this blockchain, um, and and you know build it in the way that we want to see it. You know and, and test and for for everyone really it's 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 a good it's a test for their hypothesis right everyone always has ideas of how governments should do certain things and how economies should be structured well you can test it you can you can you can write your smart contracts you can build your economy and see if it works see if it pans out and 
you know, a lot of people have done it and a lot of people have failed and a lot of people have, you know, succeeded at least until now. Um, and it's, you know, this entire process was so, so incredibly interesting to, to watch and be a part of. And at some point, you know, when, when, when crypto games started popping up, there were some trends that you kept seeing. Um, and it's 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 the same with with right now with the with Axie Infinity having um, created the the play to earn space essentially right single handedly pretty much. Um, there's so many there's so many other projects that just take the concept of Axie Infinity and just try and mirror it one by one, um, which is a huge problem because you know Axie being pretty much the, being the first ones to do play and earn. Um, what they saw is, you know, a, a ton of challenges um, and a ton of issues that 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 arrived in the, in the in the past year, especially, right? So there's a lot of stuff that that the team at Sky Mavis um, has to has to figure out and has to fix, and they're and they're already, you know, we all know that they're working on it already, um, and they already have plans. But you know, so many so many games just copy a system that wasn't scalable forever and wasn't really sustainable forever and just took that one by one and that really upset me because i thought you know from from how i how from how i entered the 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 crypto scene is i saw innovation i saw you know great minds doing incredible things and super difficult things and you know just not really caring about how difficult they are but you know just going ham at them um and then and then when this happened it was it was disheartening, right? Because it felt like, okay, so there's this one project that is innovative. And then you have all these other projects that literally do the same thing for some reason, get value to, to, to a very similar degree um, and have very, very little things to, to back them up. Right. So I thought, you know what, this is, this is horrible. And there's something that we should do about it. Um, and Peter and I, you know, we've we've wanted to build something for quite a while, and one of my dreams and the reason why I uh, got into programming was because I always wanted to make a game. Like from the first time I played a game, that was Sonic um, Sonic One on the Sega Genesis, or in Europe it's called uh, Sega Dreamcast. And ever since I started the game and just you know played it played around a little bit, I knew I wanted to make a game, and. Um, we realized last year that you know this is this is our chance we can you know crypto has all these 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 foundations that allows us to to build this to to build our dream and yeah then we 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 got into the planning stages which took what felt like forever <laughs> but we wanted to make we wanted to make sure to be you know to, to have something that isn't just a copy um, and at the same time, you know, not discount all the experiences others have made before us and try and take them and learn from them and see, okay, what have they done right in my opinion? What have they done wrong in my opinion? Um, you know, and try and expand on these things. Mm -hmm. So you had game dev experience, the technology was interesting, and then you came across this, this combination of the new technology leveraging and games leveraging this new technology, and they kind of all came together with the possibility of you you know you creating solar bots and the inspiration yeah. came from taking you know these other games that were out there 
that were, you know, mimicking or copying something that went zero to one and taking your inspiration and go zero to one in your own way. Um, and I want you to touch on that specifically. What did you learn from other games that were out there like Axie or like the ones that were copying it? Um, and what did you learn from, from those mistakes and how did you use those lessons or what did you learn from things that were positive and how did you learn those lessons into, into building, you know, solar bots? Yeah. So from, from what we all saw from Axie, um, like the, the core thing that, that everyone copies is the multi-token model, right? So you have, you have a governance token, um, and then you have certain yield tokens, um, pretty much everyone does the same thing. Um, and, and Axie right now has one with being, you know, being SLP, um, and and from from what I know in the future, there's there are plans to have more than 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 just one and to have multiple burn mechanics. And what we saw was that the 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 single burn mechanic, you know, just wasn't enough, right? There wasn't there wasn't enough incentive for for um, your average player to really use the breeding system a lot, you know, depending on what they want to do and what they want to achieve. So for people who want to bring uh, their friends into the game or for people who want to be a theory crafter and, and meta breeder, sure, for those people, of course, breeding is going to be the, the, the go-to way of, um, of getting that job done. Um, but for anyone else, you know, for people who just play the game to play the game, there's really not much incentive to breed. Right. So these people didn't breed. And especially with the scholarship model, um, a lot of these players played the game to earn money. Right. So and in, 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 in that case, also, there's not much breeding involved. Right. Um, so what we what we saw there is just having having just one burn mechanic um, that isn't there, you know, that doesn't really have a direct incentive to the everyday player to 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 really utilize it a lot. Um, doesn't help for the for the longevity of the of the stability of it all, um, and at the same time, you know, having just one for for such a long time, also really, you know, there's there's just one thing you can do with it, and it doesn't flow into anything else, right? So what we have, for example, is um, with a, with a soul stones, you get them from from battling, um, but you then you also have these these crafting materials that you get from gathering. Um, and then the crafts require soul stones and and also fragments of the abyss, the governance token. So the soul stones are are, uh, are getting burned, and the governance token is being redistributed in the future, right? So for now, it goes into the into the treasury, um, and then the holders of the governance token can then vote what to do with them um, to a certain degree, right? For example, the the Solarbots Mark One emission ends in ten years. So in, if in 10 years, the governance holders say, you know what, I want to, we want to, we want to beef that up. Um, we want the Mark ones to keep emitting in the future. Well, we can do that. We can, we can, we can have a vote and people can then decide. Um, and for us, the everyday user is definitely incentivized burning the soul stones because what, what can you, what you can do with them, right? You can, sure you can craft, but you can also upgrade. Um, you in in multiple different ways, right? So you can upgrade the level of the of the body part, um, or you can you can place sockets into the body part. Um, you can you can open a portal into the into the body part, which requires energy. And the soul stones are essentially electricity, right? Um, for 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 our understanding, um, because they are used to power the world. So. You need for for all these interactions. You need soul stones, and you also need soul stones for upkeep of guild halls because you know guild hall needs needs power, um, or for player housing, or for NPC solo bots that you create. 
So there's there's a ton of different um, ways of utilizing soul stones and actually making sure that they they are being burned by you know by the everyday player and not just by by institutions. Mm -hmm. And I want you you touched on a couple of things that I want to go into detail around, but specifically when reading the white paper, you can tell that there was a thought behind well we have to build you know, a game where people can have multiple roles where they don't just have to battle. They could mm -hmm. be farmers, they could be crafters. The, how deliberate was that thought process around, okay, well, we need to design something where people can play different roles and not everybody has to do the same thing. Incredibly deliberate because I've, I've always wanted to have, um, you know, a gaming environment that is for more than just one type of player. Right. So, for example, Dota 2 or League of Legends, sure, in both games you have casual players, um, but it's really heavily geared for the for the more competitive people by nature. Right. For people who really want to test their metal, who really want to improve um, on with with in various aspects, you know, be it meta or reactions or laning phases, you know, understanding and learning all these different things, last hitting so many different mechanics that make it incredibly complex, but really for a, for a very specific type of player. Um, and at the same time, you have a lot of MMORPGs that do have, you know, that do touch on aspects of, of, of having things for different players, right? For, in, with gathering and crafting. Um, for example, in World of Warcraft, you had gathering and crafting both, um, but they really feel like an afterthought more than anything else. I did, I did gathering and crafting to some degree, right? I got my engineering level up because um, in early days of Wrath of the Lich King, the engineering um, goggles were the best in slot helmet. So of course I'm going to do it. But it felt like a chore, right? It wasn't really something enjoyable because how do you how do you gather? Well, you run around and you right click something and then you loot. Okay, rinse, repeat, six, seven, eight, ten hours. Um, and for crafting, it's just well, you press a button and it crafts, right? So it was incredibly. Um, I don't want to say incredibly boring but i kind of do want to say incredibly boring because it was mm -hmm. right? it, it wasn't is, yeah. yeah yeah it wasn't it didn't feel like an achievement right i mean sh sure sure an achievement out of tedium but not really something that you did because you're you right anyone can do it it's 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 easiest tying your own shoes well it's easier than tying your own shoes um so there isn't really any any anything specific to it that makes you feel accomplished from doing it. Then there are um, games like Final Fantasy XIV where, where they expand a little bit upon it, right? So you have you have your own um, your own skills for crafting and gathering, and there are rotations, in skill rotations, orders in which you have to execute them um, in order to make sure that the craft is high quality or that you gather as much as possible, right? Um, which is cool, but at the same time, Final Fantasy XIV allows you to build macros for skills. So you kind of, after you find it out, if you care, right? If you care about finding it out yourself, otherwise you just go on the internet, you copy a macro and that's it. Um, but then again, it turns into a, you press one button and it does everything for you, right? So it's, it's, it's cooler and more interesting for sure, but also tedious, just in a different way. Um, and then you have, you know, then you have games like 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 Black Desert Online that have incredible amounts of 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 gathering and crafting, where the where the individual aspects of it are fairly boring, um, but the 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 scope of everything 
that you can do with these things and the and and what you can achieve with these things and where you can utilize them in different things and where you have specific gear um for 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 gathering and crafting that made it really really interesting um but all of these games have one huge flaw in my opinion with with how they utilize gathering and crafting regardless of how how large they go on it um is the economy aspect of things because all three games have a split economy from npc economy and player economy right so you can you can sure you can craft your own potions and you can put them in the marketplace but you can just go to a to an npc and buy it for for the common currency which usually isn't worth much right so why would you do that <laughs> why would you do any of that and the entire marketplace is completely split from from the economy of the game itself right in 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 black desert online they kind of they kind of tried to do it a bit different and you know introduce a taxing system and then you have pvp battles and you can control a certain zone and you get a share of the tax there which granted it's cool right but it's, it doesn't really expand the scope of the of the economical impact because it's still only players right and then you have games like eve online where there is absolutely nothing made or sold by npcs everything is made and sold by players well players put it on the market and then npcs sell it for them but but essentially they they are the entire economy and that is that is something that you know it's, it's a huge draw for people who are really interested in these aspects for 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 eve online and it ha has no negative impact for anyone else right for a pvp -er, has no negative impact buying from from a player uh for or from an npc why would they care right and it's the same for a P PVE player, someone who prefers, you know, just running missions or miners. Uh, they don't they don't really care if they buy from a player or an NPC. So it has no negative impact for them, but it creates an entire an entirely new environment for a different type of player. And I thought that was, you know, incredibly fantastic and interesting to have these to have these 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 different elements that have a level of depth where everyone can start getting into it. Um, but people who really specialize on them all obviously have an, uh, have an advantage, right? Because they spent more time learning about the intricacies. They have more, um, more expertise on the, on the certain stats that they need. Um, so, so everyone can do it. It's like easy to learn and, and difficult to master kind of aspect. Um, and where nobody is forced to do anything, right? You don't have to craft. If you don't want to craft, you don't have to. Don't join a guild, just play PvE or PvP. Who cares? If you don't want to PvP, don't do it. You don't have to. The, the, there is nothing in PvP that you don't get from uh, from PvE, unless, you know, tournaments and whatnot. Um, but we plan to have PvE tournaments as well. So it was it was really important to me as a person because there are so many different genres I enjoy as well. And I just wanted to have to give, you know, to give everyone the 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 opportunity and possibility to be a meaningful part of the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've taken your inspiration, or you picked and choose the chosen, you know, things that you liked in these different games from your direct experience, and you've kind of integrated them into solar bots for yeah. you know multiple roles are able to, to participate now how do you think just on a on a you know an, an economic level the multiple roles i think in my opinion it mimics a real world economy so that as you have multiple tokens you know like you said if you craft something then you can then sell it to someone who needs to use that in pvp or farming mm -hmm. and and then you know what you craft is someone else's burn so it creates yeah. a more balanced economy is that something 
you know, you guys really thought through or how did you think through that? Yeah. So it was, it was, it's, it's really complimentary. And, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. Like the, all the things that I wanted to have in a game, um, they make so much sense in crypto because, you know, because of this, this, this holistic economy that, that you automatically build through it. And it kind of, you know, it just, it just, it just felt like, you know, this is, this is a no brainer for, for, for us in our situation. We, you know, we have to do these things. Not only are they incredibly cool and exactly what we want, but they also help the sustainability of the entire project of the entire economy within the project and the universe. So, um, after we, you know, after we had that thought, um, we, we obviously spend a lot of time trying to, 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 you know, figure out different, different approaches to, to the, to the professions and the gathering and crafting loops, um, to make sure that they are, you know, that no profession is useless and that no profession feels useless or that no profession feels, you know, overpowered, uh, compared to others, because then obviously there'd be you know, too much of a draw to that one profession. And then maybe some, some other professions will be ignored, um, which is not something we want and something we can balance if it if it happens i don't think it will from the from the current professions we have but um but it might right and if that happens then then we can we can fit fix it um during during the time it's live which mm -hmm. is which is also great mm -hmm. and i want to get your thought on this because you know there's there's an argument to be made that when you incorporate you know an economic aspect of a game you take away from the game experience itself how do you view adding in this economic you know aspect of of playing a game as as almost like a value add or how do you think that elevates the gaming experience for server for someone playing solar bots so i don't i don't think that it necessarily that they that the two are at odds with one another right because the people who who don't really care about these things or the people who don't want to engage in these things, they don't have to, right? There's, there's, there's absolutely nothing that forces them. It's not like we're in, you know, in some games, maybe you have this one skill that, that just kind of makes it boring because it's too good. So there's no reason to not to use it. And then of course, there's the argument, well, then just don't use it. But it's, it's, it's a stupid argument because why would you not use the best thing there is, right? Even if you don't want to use it. Um, and, and I, I see it with 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 that fairly similarly, right? So if we made it too important for 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 every player to be a crafter as well and to be a gatherer as well, then I would then I would definitely agree because then it would take away from the from the joy of some to enrich the joy of 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 a few, a few others, mm -hmm. and that's not something we want to do either, right? So so all these all these different aspects none of them are mandatory you don't have to do them will you have an advantage if you do everything well i guess yeah um but not really because you can spend your time if you if you you know if you're a good pvp player and you spend your time honing your skills in pvp and becoming incredibly good there well then you have the opportunity to 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 make it big and to you know to get much more successful in that singular thing um than you would be if you if you were to split your attention Unless, you know, unless your days have 48 hours, in which case, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so then that kind of segues perfect into what you kind of termed proof of skill mining. So how do you balance that play aspect and the grind aspect through what you have as proof of skill mining? Mm -hmm. So 
for for solobots in for for all the different yield type tokens right that could be um that could be you know different types of wood it could be ores it could be uh, gems it could be soulstones um for all of them there are different metrics depending on what you have to do in order to get it um so for for combat for example there will be different metrics metrics used then and for gathering of course or crafting um but all of them have hidden hidden metrics that the game keeps at all time and depending on your skill that is determined by these metrics um you have a higher chance of getting tokens or getting getting loot from the from the from the encounter and um this is to counteract the the hyperinflation right so soulstones there is no infinite mint um and the same goes for for all the for all the other tokens well everything you can yield there is no infinite mint so there's a there's a there's a set amount that will be distributed per per month or per day um and depending on on how you how good you are and how how well you perform in what you do that determines how much you how many how many solstons you get in return um and that way we can you know we can right from the get-go counteract the 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 problem of hyperinflation and the problem of having more inflation than burn right it's you know depending depending on the type of season you're in right now um there may still be more um more more mint more emittance than burn and then you will have others where there's more burn than emittance i think over overall over you know over a long period of time it will it will settle um and the and the lever is right in our hands right so we can if we see oh there's you know we're in a crazy period of growth um and there's just not enough um soul stones out to 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 craft enough solo bots for for everyone to join well, that's obviously a problem, right? So we can we can then adjust for the for the next iteration of of time um, the emittance of soul of soul stones. We you know we can just increase it, um, which you know which also allows to to keep a certain stability or you know closer to a stability um, for 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 the prices of of certain things, right? So because you know we don't want it to be impossible for new players to join um, simply because certain things are too expensive for them um and that and that allows us to to you know have a handle on that on these on these different 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 types of of economic metrics mm -hmm. so that's that's a good point that you touched on so you guys will have you know you'll be analyzing obviously the economy in real time in order to monitor okay we you know we have we're seeing an x amount of increase in player growth, you know, we're going to have to change the amount of soul stones that are emitted over you know, the next X couple of months in order to balance that. Because as we've seen with, you know, Axie in particular, when you have these, these, you know, huge spurts of growth, and as we are early on, and we still have millions and, you know, even billions of people to onboard in these types of games, yeah. you know, these ebbs and flows are something that are, you know, a serious impact on the game economy itself. Oh, for sure. And they're, and they're, you know, they're, you can't prevent them. It's impossible. You know, you you'll you'll have these spurts of growth, you, and then you'll have some some downtime. Maybe 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 even even lose some players, um, or or you know growth just slows down. But whatever happens, there needs to be you know some form of of making sure that it doesn't it doesn't go out of whack too much. Right? Like we we don't we don't necessarily at the same time. You know, we don't we don't want to be have this. This incredible iron grip on things, and um, you know, prevent people from from joining for some some period of time, or just you know, prevent people from from actually 
um, getting getting returns on 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 their on their uh, efforts. Um, so you know, it's it's it remains to be seen just how much we will need to interfere because we believe that a lot of the things will will you know balance themselves, uh, but only to a certain degree, right? So we want we want to that that certain degree that we still have there. Then uh, that's where we want to jump in. Mm -hmm. And I guess that kind of you know, goes into the decentralization over time, and we can kind of touch on that um, mm -hmm. later. But it's a you know it's a it's another big question is how much should the you know solar bots and, and your team in, have over you know amount of soul stones that are produced over time, and do you see yourself getting to a point where that's a community you know a governance vote with uh, with FOA? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So in in the beginning, it'll it'll be it'll be determined by us by by um, you know in, internal analysis. Um, but in the future, I can definitely see you know as the as the community grows and matures, um, and you have these 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 people who are you know heavily interested and in, and in, and have a, you know a good grasp on on how these things work. Um, I think it would be. I would think it would be incredibly cool to have these things done by the governance vote. So I can definitely see that happening. And it's something we really want to do. It's just something that we don't want to rush, right? Because it's it's potentially dangerous, you know, giving giving the reins of the of the economy over to the community, it could have devastating effects. It could be super cool, but it could also be yeah, quite mm -hmm. bad. It's a delicate balance, and I like the I like the idea of a, a transition over time, you know, slowly decentralizing certain parts of the game for a governance vote, not mm -hmm. the full aspect of the game, so that you can one you can get the community involved, but you don't run the risk of potentially implementing something that you know ends the game itself or has a, you know a significant economic impact on the game exactly and then, yeah, and then ruins the, you know the fun for everybody, and then you know touching on on FOA, how do you incorporate that into all the different loops that you have? So you have crafting, you have PVP, you have PVE. How do you incorporate the governance token um, into into all of those different aspects of the game? So for the most part, um, using using FOA within the game um, will mostly be a on a cost basis, right? So the 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 yield. The FOA yield um, will will mostly be reduced to things like tournaments, PVE and PVP tournaments, um, perhaps you know crafting tournaments, guild events, maybe guild versus guild combat, um, or faction faction wide PVP to have it you know sort of a special you know as a special reward for people. Um, but for for using these these in-game loops you will need a, a small amount of foa it's not going to be much it's going to be i mean i have no idea what the price is going to do of course <laughs> but <laughs> but we want it to be in 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 the area of a couple you know maybe maybe 10 20 cents as a as a as for for the foa cost of of crafting upgrading all these different things like we don't we don't you know we don't want a situation where where players have to pay 60 bucks to upgrade the level of their item because that's ludicrous i want mean, mm -hmm. to i, I want to have 20 20 upgrades on on each body part and then if you have to pay 60 bucks every single on every single body part every single time you want to upgrade a level it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it adds another layer of the game where 
you know, it, it pay to win becomes into it instead of you know focusing on the game itself. Exactly. And, yeah. And then touching on on the you, we mentioned a couple times, but the NFT yield aspect of it. So I believe Mark One and Mark Two have the are yielding FOA as you hold them as a way to reward. Just, or just, just Mark F- One. Okay, just Mark One. Touch on the thought process there. You know, how do you? Well, why did you want to reward early community members with you know yielding token this way? So for us, it was quite important not to have private sales and 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 then you know just having sales on top of sales on top of sales. So you have you have these these seed rounds. Like of of course we had our our initial funding uh, of of a million bucks um, from as seen in the white paper. But other than that, we we didn't you know we didn't want to have these these large amounts of like twenty to twenty five percent of of the governance token um, stacked on on advisors, super early investors, and then private round investors within you know increasing valuation every time. Um, we wanted we wanted them to be you know for the community for for a large part. So for us, the 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 Mark One Solobot sale was more or less the public sale for the token or one of the two public sales for the token because the upcoming um sale for for player housing and guild halls these assets will also yield um foa but after that only mark mark zeros will will have some yielding capacity um yeah and we want we want these to be the 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 the, the public sales you know or or you know maybe private sales for some people where it's a, vest, a vested allocation where everyone in the community has the opportunity to get in. Because, you know, usually, you know how it works, right? Um, private, private sales, they're private. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get in unless you, unless, you know, you're someone interesting to the people who, who launched the project, which makes sense. It's industry standard, but right? But we just aren't really fans of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that for the community as a whole, um, it's our opinion that this is the better approach. Yeah, you're you're giving early one. You're rewarding early adopters, so people that are mm-hmm. in early on, they have a reason to stay. So you're bootstrapping community, um, but you're you know you're also adding a level of skin in the game, and then you add you know for people that obviously want to see the game succeed and as they grow and get more people involved therefore they are rewarded down the line and it's you know it's a good way and it's the exactly. way that we've been you know as adding or bootstrapping community mm-hmm. and then you you mentioned guilds so i want to touch on guilds and, and how guilds are incorporated into into your game because obviously you know guilds kind of were a byproduct of original games as games came first and then guilds were built on top of it you've had the luxury of you know designing with guilds in mind i want you to touch on how you you know how what that thought process was and and why you have you know special in-game marketplaces for guilds themselves so for us the for for solobots itself the 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 guild noun is more um more you know in the in the traditional way of of having guilds in, in mmorpgs so does it does it need to be a large guild like ygg no not necessarily it can be a group of friends right acquiring a small guild um because they want to you know they want to to be to be crafting and have their own you know their own stake in the in the economy and stake in the um in in the crafting and gathering loops and and you know have this this level of you know almost almost 
I, I don't want to I don't want to say like a company like an in-game company, but you know, for some people they may see it as such. Um, and it's something where we where we want to have the guild leaders to take the to have the the authority to do certain you know to have certain um decision making um rights for the economy but at the same time put the burden of of um making sure that everything is 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 going as it should be on them right because we don't obviously we don't want people to bot the game nobody wants that on on any game um but for some actions it may be next to impossible to prevent right other than having an incredible amount of third-party software like anti-cheat software which as we all know isn't foolproof um and it would just you know reduce the performance of the game with now with solobots that isn't the chief concern because it's a 2d uh, pixel art game but still you know for for phones maybe the we don't have these 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 type of um anti-cheat software in the capacity we have for windows for example and the same for for mac so what we have here is the the responsibility of making sure that everything is fine is is on the on the shoulders of these of these economical giants within the game they have to make sure that nobody in their in their guild is botting because if anyone is is found out to be botting well it's the guild that gets punished and so so we we leverage that 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 very important responsibility over to people who are happy to take the responsibility in return have a very meaningful um impact on the on the entire economy within the game right so it's a it's a give and take from from them to us and us to them so for mm -hmm. the they have they get they can place their their marketplace solo bots on their own land or in their guild halls, other players can can you know hop in and use that marketplace solobot to access the 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 the, the actual marketplace from within the game um, and trade assets in the game with using the in-game wallet, right? So you never have to leave the game. You can just do it all from 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 in there. You don't have to go to a website. You can, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's just you know it's incredible just to take a step back and think about we're talking about. You know, people essentially their job being monitoring, you know, their guild when so inside the game. So, you know, as we talk about the greater, you know, digitalization of jobs, and as people are earning through games with play and earn, you know, I'm sure someone at YGG their role will be, you know, monitor our solar bot guild and making sure everything is functioning. And if you just think about that, you know, it's just something you know incredible to see how we are transitioning into, you know, this new type of basically you know, a new type of earning a wage oh, for sure it's it's super it's it's super incredible and it's it's taking it's taking certain elements away from the from the game developers for which they are rewarded usually um and giving the opportunity to the community in in just that way like normally in in games or in let's take steam for example like can you can you gain get get assets in games and then sell them on the steam workshop at marketplace yeah you can of course um will it make you a lot of money no of course not but you know that's maybe not the the your your prime concern um the, the real question is what can you do with that money well you can buy games cool because you cannot get it out of uh, out of steam out of your steam wallet legally you can of course sell it to to people for real money um but that breaks tos so you run the risk of being banned if you're found out. 
How often does it happen? I have no idea. But do you really want to run the risk of having your account banned? Of course not. So um, you, you you have these things that, that exist already in some capacity, um, but where only really Valve benefits from it, right? There's no one else but Valve that benefits from any trades on, on the Steam marketplace. No one else. And because they get they get shares of, of all the transactions. So not only do you lock in money, whenever you put in money into your Steam wallet, it's locked in there forever. Can't get it out any way that you know that doesn't break TOS. And and then you and then you continue to purchase items on the marketplace and they get more money from that. And then the person who who gets the, that money from the marketplace, well, he can just buy games. So he spends it within within the Steam, with within the Steam application from, from which they also get shares. Right, so not only do you lock in your money, but they also profit in 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 multiple iterations and stages. So it's a no-brainer for them to do it. But it's you know with crypto, with 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 um, especially crypto games, we have the opportunity to take that and and just distribute it to the to the to the players. Right, we still make money from it, of course, um, but we're not the only ones profiting from it. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's a that's what I think is just really really fascinating and cool mm-hmm. it's it's you know instead of having a hundred percent take rate and owning you know every slice of the pie mm-hmm. you're getting a smaller slice but the pie is you know so much infinitely bigger with the potential of a you know creating a you know a multi-million dollar economy within the game itself so exactly you're, yeah. you're changing this you know while you don't own a hundred percent of it you're changing the scale of which you can operate which yeah. is something you know insane to think about, and you know excited to see how SolarBots you know kind of evolves over time in that aspect of things. Now taking yeah, it'll, take, be, it'll be super cool. Yeah, taking a step back, you know, I want to touch on this one quote and just going in, you know, the inspiration behind the pixel art itself and the three factions, because you know the lore is a major part of what you guys are doing, and we see that with you know with the pages and and all the different types of things that that you release. But this one mm-hmm. quote specifically is something I love. It's whoever fights monsters should see it to that in the process he does not become a monster. And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss will gaze into itself. So just you know, just touch on how did you come up with the idea of solar bots and and the three factions and, and all that 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 you know that got it started. So the the original quote is a is a, a Friedrich Nietzsche quote, and we we altered it a little bit to to fit to the narrative of of Solobots and the and what the abyss in Solobots is, and which is still a mystery, and they can't spoil that. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's just you know so people know from right from the get go the abyss isn't what you think it is. In fact, nothing is. Nothing is what you think it is. No, the, all the three factions—they are not what you think they are. It doesn't matter what you think they are. You're wrong, and <laughs> and I just I know that because I know what they are, right? So, and and yeah, cheat um, codes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So the the inspiration in the beginning came from uh, from multiple different games. I always I always loved the idea of having different factions um, for multiple reasons. Um, one of the reasons being that. You know, everyone's different. Everyone has their own different tastes and everyone likes certain things better than others. You know, some people really, really love the the architecture of, um, you know, like Renaissance or Baroque uh, Europe, which is, you know, there's so much culture around it and it's so interesting. And of course, there's there's so much intrigue and darkness within it 
in in and of itself, you know. Um, but there's also the the like the the beauty of it, right? And there's there's so much there's so much there how you can hide certain aspects. You know, you can hide a lot of cruelty behind beautiful dresses. You can hide a lot of misery um, behind beautiful architecture, right? Because people people only glance at things that they are not very familiar with, right? So they they look at let's take because I, you know, I live there. Let's take Vienna, for example. You go to the first district, inner city, St. Stephen's Cathedral, phenomenally beautiful. Everything there, all the buildings, they're absolutely beautiful. But does that mean that this is, you know, that, that all of Vienna is and has always been beautiful and amazing? No, of course not. You know, there's so many, there's so many, and there have been so many horrible things that happened. And, you know, we really, we really love that for the Locrian Empire, for example. So the the they are more pious, um, not really around any religion that you know you or I would know, um, but there are there are certain certain aspects where it kind of crosses over with with some Christianity, uh, simply because you know that's the that's the style of of um, of the of the of the architecture and the place. You know, Christianity is a huge factor and has been a huge factor in in Central Europe. Um, and we also have a lot of people in real life, myself included, who are really, you know, close to nature and really, really love nature and want to be living close to nature. Um, so, so for that, we have Arborea. Um, but at the same time, you have the, 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 the same concept there, right? So that you have the beauty of nature and the, and the, and the wholesomeness of, of, of it all, right? The, you have... The, the symbiotic relationship between us humans and plants, you know, we exhale carbon dioxide, plants inhale carbon dioxide, we need oxygen to survive, and they provide us with it, um, which is, which is, you know, obviously beautiful. Um, but at the same time, this beauty can also, again, be used to hide certain horrible things that are, they're happening or have happened. So there's, there's a lot of Bad, bad history with Arborea, actually with everyone, but let's just stick with Arborea for that. So we wanted to give people who have this this more um, naturalistic vibe to them the the opportunity to you know to find a place to call home as well. And then the same goes with Ilskegard, you know this this very industrial, almost like steampunky um, sort of northern. You know everyone's tough, everyone's working all the time. Um, this this sort of feel that. I believe also a lot of people align with. Um, so when I in the in the beginning when I drafted the the three uh, the three fa factions, they were shallow. They were shallow as a pond. Um, they were just that right. The Arborea, yeah, they were naturalists. There's no intrigue. They were naturalists. They love they, they love flowers and stuff. Um, because I'm not a story writer, right? So obviously they were horrible. And same with Lacria, they were well, yeah, okay. They they believed in some god, sure. You know that was the the initial pitch I gave to the writers. Not saying that I plan to to have this be the the finished product. Um, and the same with Ilskegard. You know, like taking maybe a little bit of inspiration from Vikings. You know, Ilskegard itself is is um, Norwegian, and um, so so we really wanted this this Nordic kind of vibe to it as well. Um, and then when 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 I gave it to to Jess, the the lead writer, she's just completely transformed everything and flipped everything on its head and and i love it so 
yeah, I the the core inspiration for th to have three factions. Um, I have no idea how I came up with the number three. <laughs> it just happened. I I I I remember. Um, what game has three factions? Starcraft, but mm -hmm. other than Starcraft, like World World of Warcraft has two. Final Fantasy fourteen, I think, is four. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a good number. <laughs> Starcraft, who's your go-to? I play. Uh, Protoss. No, yeah. So everybody picks Protoss. That's not fair. It's a cheat code. They're, um, they're amazing. <laughs> I guess you could. Who would you equivalent, or you know, who would you say is is the Protoss of Solar Bots? If you oh, had to shit. pick one. Um. Oh, that's hard. It's it's none of the three factions that are playable. Oh, um, it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mix of, you know, it has certain aspects of the Abyss and has certain aspects of some of the neutral factions. Okay, that, let's, talk, that let's touch on the neutral. So a neutral void. What are voids and, and why are they so special as a part of the game? They're very rare. <laughs> so solobots, like the 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 soul stones for the solobots, uh, they're you know each stone is unique. Um, it won't necessarily be in the game. It's going to be um, a stackable token because otherwise it'll be horrible. Um, but in in lore, each solar each soul stone is 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 unique. It has its un own unique truth, its own unique soul. And um, that's that's really how these these different rarities come to be. So you have these these very specific aspects. It's so difficult to say these things without without hitting you with hard spoilers. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> because like I know I know I'm 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 talking incredibly slow trying to explain it because I'm trying to think of a way to explain it without giving away. Like super, super, super late game I think, leaks. I think that in and of itself just speaks to the amount of thought that you and your team put behind the storyline as a yeah. part of Solar Bots. And it just, you know, I can't wait to you know play the game and see how the story unfolds. And eventually, I don't know if you guys have planned for a, um, you know, a, a series or you know, a TV show or series, but you, you know, it just speaks to the amount of deliberate thought that went into you know the storyline itself yeah it's 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 crazy so there's for for a lot of aspects there's um obviously it started with 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 me writing the initial um the initial paper for solobots and the you know the core lore um but i i have to give credit where credit is due jess is 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 just absolutely phenomenal and there's so many so many so incredibly deep and 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 psychological and philosophical concepts that she's just weaving into into these these different um, parts of the lore. It's just, it, yeah, it's amazing. I re reading through it is is just amazing, and and seeing how how Kukian and Greece is just really really without any explanation or anything like so, you know for for a lot of the for a lot of the lore that Jess is writing um and and a lot of the concepts and uh, she's she's thinking up um you know I'm I discuss them with her because I really 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 want to get it um obviously I mean 
<laughs> if I if if I don't get it, then that's bad in my opinion. Um, but but Greasers and Cook and they just they just get it. It's, it's like they're reading Jess's mind and and they put it in um, in art and it's just fantastic. Like we're Greasers Greasers right now is um, is making the art for the for the opening cinematic. It's it's not really. Uh, it's I hate the word cinematic in this in this case because it's um there there is animation to it but there's also stills to it right still illustrations like it's not a it's not a, like a feature length um hardcore anime 20 minutes episode of i don't know naruto and um that that sort of that sort of cutscene but right now he's he's making these these assets for the cutscene and they're just they're they're amazing. They're creepy. They're eerie. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't I can't wait to show it. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it because the storyline itself, you know, you can play the game because you enjoy playing the game, but mm-hmm. the storyline itself is another hook for players to be a part of the community because they have something that they enjoy, like watching, enjoy, you know, you know, experiencing outside of the game itself. Mm-hmm. I agree, and and. I guess I, I was reading the white paper, and in, in the PvP, PvE aspect of the game, the story unlocks as you play it. Is that is that the case, or how does the story unfold as someone goes through, you know, PvE? Yeah. <clears throat> so so as you as you go through PvE, um, it depends on what stage of the um, of the release we're in, right? So there there obviously will be an end to every. Uh, to every patch cycle, a story end um, with a cliffhanger, probably, um, because we like to edge people on story. Um, <laughs> and um, and yeah, as you as you play through the PVE content, as you slay um, slay creatures of the abyss and and help the people of Elds to to liberate land from the abyss, um, we will start, you know, updating on that and iterating on that. And in the future, there will also be um, fights that determine the outcome of the story for everyone, right? So there, it's it'll be it'll be a branch. Um, either either you guys defeat it, the boss, or you don't. And depending on what you do, and depending on on, on whether or not you you manage to defeat it, something different will happen. And we're super curious about that too, because um, I think Jess has has two of these instances um written already um and i honestly can't wait to find out which it's going to be it's going to be amazing because <laughs> both are horrible and awesome at the same time and <laughs> now and explain how... oh go ahead sorry yeah. no 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 go i was gonna say explain how you know the the storyline so you have you know in-game burn mechanisms and then you have you know out of game burn mechanisms with the storyline explain Mm -hmm. how you know those types of scenarios um you know apply to the the you know the token burn mechanisms with the storyline so we're currently um working on the on the on the planning side of things for that um it's it's nothing where we have a concrete date yet or um concrete partners for um but we want to we want to have parts of the story or maybe you know spin-offs of certain characters um as a as a manga series and part of the out of game token sings for that would be to um, to gain early access to certain episodes of the manga, and you know maybe later an anime. It's something that we really want to do. It's just something where we we can't put a date on because 
um, because production is prohibitively expensive and takes, you know, months to sometimes years of planning. Um, but yeah, those those will be some aspects of the of the of the out of game token sinks. We also want to have some some merchandise where you can burn tokens to either have you know access to certain special types of merchandise, um, or get it sooner than others, or um, you know some just completely locked behind it. Like if you don't burn tokens, you can't acquire that. Um, yeah, especially for merchandise, we want to have it varied, quite varied. Like we want to mm -hmm. have um, tabletop. You know, at least one tabletop game in the future um, because I think that it would be really, really cool to have Solobots figures, you know, print them, maybe maybe 3D print them or maybe buy them and then paint them yourself, you know, like in Warhammer mm -hmm. um, and just play a tabletop game with your with your Solobots. That would be sick. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty incredible. And, and it just speaks to, you know, in the white paper, you mentioned Solarbots being a multi-decade project. Yeah, for and sure. And you can see how all these components, you know, you have the vision for all these components. And as you, I don't know, as the game evolves over time, it'll be interesting to see how each of these, you know, different branches um, of the, you know, the main storyline of the main progression of the game kind of branch off. And, you know, there's infinite possibilities now with the blockchain technology and NFTs to now yeah. have, hey, if I have an in-game void, I can now somehow connect that to a physical void to show that, you know, I have one, the in-game, and two, the physical version of that as well. Yeah. And there will also be some um, some extra utility for... How do I phrase that properly? Um, it's not... It, it is in-game, but at the same time, it's more than in-game. Like, we want to... We, we, we're, we're working on the, the pilot avatars, right? Um, I can't really speak on, on the exact mint, how it's going to be. Um, but I want it to be accessible as accessible as possible to everyone. Um, that's that's I can I can already say that much. And um, and we're going to have some some extra utility for these pilot avatars for people who own own void solobots, right? So it's not just something where it's it's a flex for rarity or whatever. Um, I also, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, we want to have you know continuously put out certain aspects where people who hold on to these incredibly rare things um, and don't treat them as just speculation, right? And don't just treat them as, as you know, flipping flipping for, for profits, um, but actually get rewarded for, for holding them through certain types of utility. For example, you know, some, something special for the pilot avatars. Mm -hmm. Now, that, speak, that brings up another good question. How do you balance as a game developer, as a um, you know, you know, developing this game. How do you balance the utility of you know, void solar bots themselves, and you know, the collectible, you know, speculating speculation aspect of, of them hard, at the same yeah. time. So, super hard, really, because you know, on one hand, you don't want to you don't want it to be pay to win, of course. Like I. I I, I never want to see a world in which a void solo bot simply because it's void just stomps people in PvP. Like that would be that would be horrible. And at the same time, I don't want people to, you know, people who who have voids to feel like their voids are useless. Right. So it's it's a very difficult balance to strike there. And um I think not making it pay to win, one one aspect that we that we have right now is, you know, all the all the stats um get randomly rolled in the beginning. Um, of your of our body parts, 
and um, depending on the rarity of the of the body part, it's not the maximum amount of this spread between between the uh, between which the values can can roll, um, but the floor of it, right? So, for example, let's take HP, right? So, let's say your um, your helmet or your face is is void, um, and you know you also have one of the same type, but it's common. Let's say on the common one it's 200 to 500 hp spread right so mm -hmm. as it as it as it gets created the value for the hp will be any number between 200 and 500 um for the for the for the rare it might be 250 to 500 for the epic it might be 300 to 500 and for the void it might be um 350 to 500 right the exact values obviously you know just just riffing um values really um but that way, you know, because since you can reroll stats, it doesn't give your void an advantage that the others can never have. Mm -hmm. right? If you if you reroll your item, you can your common can potentially have better stats than a void. Can happen, right? Mm -hmm. And the odds aren't aren't horrible for that either. It's just that the the, the void has you know a, a higher floor to it. Um, at the same time, we want voids to have a special ability. Uh, that's only usable in PVE and has a one-day cooldown, cool because that way it adds this this an extra coolness factor to it, because it, that ability is going to look sick. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it doesn't make it super OP, right? Because you can't use it; you could just can't just spam it in every combat and just you know um, um, win win the game that way. Um, but you can definitely strategically use it once per day, which makes it you know, really, really interesting and puts a lot of burden of 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 strategy on the on the player who holds this this the, the void solo bot. You know, maybe some some will opt to just never use it, which would be a shame because the animation is going to be incredible. But um yeah, you know it's it's up to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely something you know delicate to balance. To your point, you don't want to make it pay to win. But you know, outside of you know, I really like the probability aspect of things. You have a void, you have a higher probability with the higher floor of getting, you know, more, I guess you could say, quote unquote, better part, but the comments yeah. still have the same chance of, of evolving that way as well. <clears throat> and I'm yeah. sure there's, you know, ways outside of that in, you know, in the game aspect itself, you know, um, tangent to the game, you know, aesthetically, or when it comes to, you know, certain parts of the storyline, maybe void users can get that before others, etc. There's other ways to add utility outside the game itself. And I'm really oh, definitely the titles, that... titles as well for the player, you know, while you're holding a void. So so you can't just um, send it to a friend, have him unlock it real quick and then get it back. Um, but as you as you as long as you own a void, you get a special title in the game. Maybe the title itself is animated. So other people see that, you know, and, and think, damn, that just looks so cool. Um, because as you as as we progress in the game and as we as we launch the update for the for the capital cities and um, you know, the, the 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 crafting, player housing, all these these things will be in that update. Um, you will be able to see other players in the capital cities. So at the latest, then you can start, you know, start showing showing your your rare assets to people, and you know maybe some will be jealous, but in in a negative way. But a lot of people will be jealous in a positive way as well. It's gonna mm -hmm. be like, wow, okay, I want to, you know, I want to get to the point where I can have that.
Definitely. And it's going to be you know exciting to see how that all plays out. Now you mentioned land. So the land sale is approaching. How, how is the role, what is the role of land and how do you integrate land and owning land into the overall gameplay? So we have, we have two different types of land. We have the inside of the capital city land and we have the outside of the capital city land. The, the, the land inside of the capital city is the player housing and the guild halls, which are well, structures that you can you can walk into, and the the guild uh, the guild halls will be for crafting, um, but also a hangout space for you and your friends um, or your your guild members. Um, and th then in the player housing, you have your own your own little house that you can furnish however you want. You can you know move around the furniture to to put it in places to make it look like you want. Um, in the beginning, there will be. Um, I don't want to say minimal because it's it's not super tiny, but um, compared to the future and to the future prospect, it will be minimal. Uh, minimal uh, customization, personalization of your of your house. Um, that's simply you know because there is a limited pool of, of furniture. Um, but as we release the the furniture API, that will change. So people will be able to create their own furniture, scriptable furniture. You know maybe maybe they can maybe they they build a I don't know a, a music box where you can where you can play music for your friends and it plays for everyone. Or you can have, I don't know. Have you have you played Pokemon um, Red and Blue back in the day? Probably, but I do not remember exactly <laughs> the aspect of it. That might have been a a little bit before I got into my, my hit my gaming stride. That's fair. That's fair. So in 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 Pokemon Red and Blue, the the bad boys, they're Team Rocket, right? Um, and yep. they have they have their own hideout, and in the hideout they have these these floor tiles. And if you if you walk on the floor tile, um, it just it just shoots you into a direction into the direction the floor floor tile points to, right? So you can you can you can you have to solve puzzles with that. Um, that's definitely a possibility with the with the furniture API to have that in your own house to have these to build these little puzzles for for your friends to solve. Um, or to have, you know, to, to build your own mini games in that kind of way. So, so it's yeah. As the as the furniture API rolls out, that customization in the player housing will skyrocket, and that is something that will be decided by the the governance vote, which assets that the community creates will be added to the marketplace, and to the to the crafting pool because they need to be crafted by players. Um, that that covers um, the the inside of the capital city land. For outside of the capital city land, that's where the all the gathering takes place, right? So that's where you will will gather all the different types of resources that will be needed in, in crafting and processing. Um, and it's also where you can place extra um, marketplace solo bots. Um, and depending on you know which guild owns which type of land, depending on the content that you're in. It'll be really interesting there um, because if you're closer to the main roads, um, your your marketplace solobots will probably be used more by players who you know just just strictly do PVE grinding, who just fight monsters. That's what they do because um, they'll mostly stick to the to the main routes and then go to the to the to the newest content areas, right? Um, and on top of your land. Guilds will also be able to craft arenas, or there will be dungeons for for multiplayer dungeons as the the dungeon um, update rolls around. So, so there's a there's a there's a lot of this type of content for for you know for building and and gathering, crafting, you know, more of the more of the nature experience um, in 
out of city capital uh, out of capital city land um and that sale is 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 not for quite a while because because mm -hmm. that update is yeah it'll, it'll take a while until we get there mm -hmm. so i want to touch on i guess the struggle of, of developing while managing expectations but before i get into that just a comment on you know the land aspect of things it sounds like while you do have you know a set gameplay a set style pvp pve it sounds like there's a lot of individual experiences that players can have, which make their experience with the game different than others. So they can go yeah. down different routes. They can play different parts of it. They can go to different guilds. They can mine different resources while others can play, you know, the PVP PVE aspect of things. Yeah, exactly. Now to touch on that, that point that I just made, how do you manage, you know, it's when you're, you're building, in, in the open, it's all transparent. How do you manage expectations of build time while you know while you're building the game itself? Now, usually, game developers will have the full game ready to go for an alpha, but mm -hmm. now you have the community along with you as you build the game itself. How are you managing that? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, like, there are a lot of aspects where you where there's information that you really want to share because it's really really cool, um, but you know, you don't you don't want to share it yet um, because people would get the 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 idea that, you know, oh, they're sharing it now. That means it's come. It means it's coming soon. Or when we you know, when we have some assets for for some things in the future that already look kind of finished, but really aren't where it's, you know, we, we have this one asset for it that is, you know, sort of finished and that is for internal testing. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that the feature is complete or anywhere close to completion. And that's something that um, a lot of people don't know simply because they've never been in this in this space, right? I mean, obviously, oftentimes it's, 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 it's rare to have semi-finished assets for, for a feature that's still in development because you usually, you know, usually have some, 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 some filler assets that you use for while the, while the, while the coding, coding is going on. Um, and it's what we do too, right? We right now we use we we still use mostly filler assets for uh, for all the coding thing. But at the same time, we're also starting now to to integrate um, actual assets for for animations um, and and backgrounds because you know they're they're being finished, right? Doesn't mean that we're completely finished with everything, right? And that's just, that's something where you have to be super super clear about, in my opinion, like players. Players aren't stupid, right? They just don't know certain things, and they don't know certain things because they've never done them. So there's not there's we can't nobody can fault them for it. It's the same with everyone. Like I, there's so many things that I don't know about simply because I've never done them or I've been you know never never brushed um, brushed up against them. You know, take take chemistry for example. I have no idea about chemistry, and and it's the same with 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 developing a game. Most people have no idea. Uh, what it takes to develop a game. Um, a lot of people underestimate very, very lengthy processes and overestimate fairly trivial processes. So it's important to be as clear as possible in your communication, in my opinion. Right? To it's of course it's impossible to have um, to com to make sure that there's never a misunderstanding anywhere. Right? Um, but the more clear you are in your communication the the more you start to to enter the area where you really really work to prevent them 
Mm-hmm. And you know, you can you can you can always have an addendum if someone if someone thinks that something isn't clear enough, you can you can touch up on that. And I like and I like what you did with you know crafting a future that the the blog that you wrote where you provide insights into your thought process, you know, behind certain aspects of the game. Because mm-hmm. it lets people, you know, lets the community see into, you know, kind of like what we're doing today, how you're envisioning the future of Solobots and all the different aspects of it. And, it, you know, it allows people then to create that vision in their own mind and, you know, add another layer of, you know, another hook into them wanting to be a part of the community. Yeah, and it, and it, it gives them, it gives them a, um, more more of a way to be really to really be a part of the whole development right because they they they're looped into it they're looped into the thought process they're looped into the um into the planning stage of things because that's for 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 a lot of the things that's really where we are right obviously there is there is never a moment where we're not doing planning because there's just there's so many things that we want to do in the future and the reason why we're fairly opening share, open and sharing them with the people is because they're non-negotiable i don't i don't care what it takes i i do not care what it takes to get to the point i will do them right these are these are things that i will do otherwise i wouldn't talk about them if there are things where we aren't sure yet or things that we you know kind of want to but we're uncertain of whether or not they're feasible um then I'll, you know, I'll try to communicate it in that way. I'm going to say things like, I think it would be cool to have, or, you know, phrases like this. Um, but for, for things like crafting and the way that we currently have it planned, I don't want to go back on any of that, right? At the worst, I want to expand on it. So this, 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 the things that I'm saying about crafting, that should be the minimum. Um, and, and yeah, that's, I, for, for me, that's what people um should be ready to expect now how long will that take of course it's impossible to say right but um but for me it's more important to to really to not go back on your words and not go back on your plans rather than to have you know to know to have this crystal ball where you know oh yeah okay developing this and that and here that takes exactly six and a half months or one and a half years or whatever Right. To me, it's more important that from from a gamer, simply from a gamer perspective, because um, I've, I've played so many games where there were so many things planned that I was incredibly excited for. Um, and then and then the word delayed. Right. And that was fine. To me, a delay is always fine if it's if the intentions are good. Um, what really kind of sucks, in my opinion is when when there's a delay and then people you know the developers also go back on half the things they promised because if i'm interested in the game i'm interested because of the things that um that i'm expecting from the game and i'm expecting things from the game depending on the communication of the developers you know what what do they promise what do they talk about what do they want to achieve and if half of these things just aren't in the game then well yeah it's kind of lame right so that's that's something that I personally value much higher than 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 delivering things incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, people are making an investment into buying, you know, aspects of the game, NFTs of the game. So yeah. it is, you know, it does provide peace of mind, if you will, when you know that you know something that you say will be a part of it will be a part of it, and that you know now people part of the SolarBots community know that. Okay, this will be planned. Yes, we don't know timeline because, as you know, as we know in development, 
you know, things come up, bugs happen, things change. But we know as a base level, fundamentally, these things will happen and, and we know to expect these. So it does provide that level, you know, that peace of mind, if you will, to the people that are investing in the game. They know what they can expect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now transitioning, I have two two last points that I want to touch on before we wrap up. Um, so oh, on the roadmap... An hour already. Damn. <laughs> I know time flies when you're into the weeds of these. And I love the, you know, the depth of knowledge, or obviously it's your product, you have knowledge, but just the, the amount and extent of which you've thought about these things, it really is, um, you know, bullish on solar bots as, you know, you think through these things and as, you know, we know what to expect. So props to you. Appreciate and you it. That. Yep. Thanks, man. <clears throat> so on the roadmap, you mentioned a possibly a sidechain custom blockchain for solar bots. What is, why do that? versus you know in a layer two such as um you know polygon or you know solana if you wanted to go the non-ethereum route you know what what is the thought process behind you know creating your own uh side chain or blockchain so right now we're in 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 really interesting conversations with with some other people to offer an alternative to our own chain um the main thought process behind that was we have we have a lot of games on on um, side chains such as as you mentioned um, Polygon, and it's just something where we're not super comfortable with um, because it's impossible for us to know who will deploy what. Right? It's it's a completely public blockchain where anyone can deploy anything. Um, and if we, as as we've seen with some other games, you know, this this Sunflower game, for example, um, it was it was just completely ripping through the um scalability of of polygon it was it was just wreaking havoc on it um and that's something we really don't want right we don't want the stability of solobots and the and the universe um it's in to be dependent on on third and fourth parties so even even if we you know even if we trust um the the guys over at matic and the and the um and the and the and the fact that the validators supply proper um, hardware infrastructure to run their validator nodes to to really facilitate these um, these transactions, it's you know it's still it's still hinging on 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 other actors being you know have, writing proper code and writing proper contracts and 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 proper games, so it's always always difficult. So there's for example, there's the, the the Oasis blockchain coming up. Um, that is that's a it's a layer one and layer two at the same time. Like they're shipping right out of the gate with with layer two, which is fascinating to me um, because there's no other sidechain that does it right. Where where you have rollups right from the get go, you have you have Ethereum rollups, and then you have some, um, and then you have these 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 roll-up projects, for example, you know, like Optimism for optimistic roll-ups or IMX for, for zero-knowledge roll-ups. Um, but that really doesn't exist for Binance Smart Chain. That doesn't exist for um, for for Polygon. It doesn't exist for Ronin, right? So so right from the get-go, there is this 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 future thinking of scalability there. And yeah, I think I think that's quite interesting. So it's not necessarily that we will, you know, for sure create our own blockchain that we'll be running on. Um, but it will it will definitely be a blockchain that is very forward thinking in these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Because it is it's the double edged sword. We are early, 
So, you know, you're ahead of the herd, you know, you're, you're ahead of most everyone, you know, you know, most mainstream adoption, but mm -hmm. along with that, the infrastructure hasn't been fully built out yet to the point where, you know, one game doesn't, you know, like you said, spam the entire network and, and make the game unplayable. So it yeah. is a double-edged sword when it comes to that type of development and those commitments because, you know, that aspect of the game is essential because you don't want, you know, a non-feature of the game, you know, an external factor such as the blockchain it's built on really impact um, the playability of the game because it does take away from it. Yeah. Hugely, yeah. It's it's a it's it's a it's a major. It's it's always been a major concern, right, from the get go. Um, and I think I think Polygon is a cool chain, and I think it has, as you know, as long as the team at Matic um, wishes to continue, of course, um, has a really interesting future ahead of it. Um, for me personally, I prefer Polygon for for DeFi applications rather than games. I think that that we should have a or a few um, um, side chains that are specific to games um, where you can bridge on and off from to mainnet and and polygon and and have polygon and eth mainnet for things like 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 defi i think i think these th these things should in the future be um be separated from one another who knows maybe i'll change my mind maybe maybe something <laughs> will happen and but Right now, from 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 the way I see things, I think it's I think it's best to have these these because they're both you know they both really spam um, spam the network, and I think having these two incredibly different types of applications separated on networks that are specific to these applications should be a net win. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is that you're planning ahead of it so that you know and that you can plan for that as these things develop you make sure that you implement on a chain that you know will um you know not impact the game itself exactly yeah and then the last thing that i wanted to touch on because you know i found it very interesting you have a a cyber kong's um aspect of the game yeah it's almost planned interoperability so there's a, and i kind of almost you know agree with this this point of view but there's a point of view where you know taking outside you know nfts and bringing them into your own game almost interferes with with the experience of your game itself you know, how do you envision bringing in cyber kongs and having that type of partnership and then developing future partnerships down the road so cyber kongs specifically was planned very 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 early and the the writers knew about it. Um, Peter and I planned this quite a while um, ago with um, with 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 Coco and Mayo, um, and so it, it was it was always going to be an integral part of the world of Solobots, right? It's not it's not just um, yeah we're slapping we're slapping happy go lucky monkeys on top of the world of of, of Solobots, right? Because that would of course that would clash, right? It makes no sense because cyber like everything in Solobots is 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 fairly dark and 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 full of philosophical stuff and um yeah and, and on the same at the same time um you have these these smiling monkeys that look amazing and cute um you know but you know how do you how do you make that work how does it how does it not clash so cyber kongs within solar bots whether or not that is completely canon with um with cyber kongs and and with how how the the council of kong sees it 
Um, but Cyberkongs in Solobots have their own story. So they're they're deeply interwoven into the lore. So the latest the latest lore leak um, actually starts introducing Cyberkongs um, and and the in the individual Kongs to the to the world of Cyber uh, Solobots. They are very 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 important to the entire lore. So it's not just it's not just us slapping a different IP on top of Solobots to make Solobots more interesting. It's it's really integrating it in a in a in a lower capacity right so that's that's why also why we just can't have partnerships with with anyone and everyone all the time because it's a substantial amount of work and it has to be done intelligently in a way that it doesn't interfere um with 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 solobots itself and the ip and the in the world but expands on it right and that's that's just it's incredibly difficult but I think that Jess has done an amazing job with the um, with the with the Cyberkongs lore, and I'm looking forward to to leaking parts. The the, the I, I've I think it's like five or six parts. It's it's, it's so much lore. <laughs> and to your point, it does take you know a a a lot of time and effort and and planning to incorporate these other aspects of games. So it's not just like you said, drag and drop. So I yeah. applaud your team for really thinking through that, and I'm excited to see. You know how that factors into the overall, you know, solar bots, uh, your storyline, and and excited to see how it all plays out. I think it's super cool. I'm 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 looking forward to, to what everyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. And and you know to wrap it up, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you know you expanding on these lots of details. And now as you know as solar bots develops, I'd love to get you back on and touch on the new developments that's happening. If, of course, if, it'd be cool. If, if people want to find you and, and be a part of SolarBots, what's the best place to go? You know, how can they how can they be a part of it? Uh, best place to go would be on on our Discord. That is, um, it's just look. You can on search on Discord for SolarBots and and you'll find it. Um, or it's otherwise it's Discord.gg/SolarBots. Um, you can also follow us on on Twitter. That's SolarBotsIO, and or follow me personally. I'm Mizutsuna, so it's M I S O T S U N E. Um, yeah, just just get in touch. We're 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 definitely approachable. We're not some some um, vague and mysterious entities. Just you know, holler. Great. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate your time. Thank you too. Thanks for being here and uh, for giving me the chance. It's been awesome.